All right, peeps, on today's episode of the Kung Fu Genius, the genius will be doing the final recap of the epic Hong Kong Kung Fu tour. Lots of gems, lots of seafoods and seafood, and lots of pro tip. If you're looking for the best karaoke and late night food, always go to a triad bar. Let's get to it. And every day, I practice martial arts. Watch out. Yo, Mikey, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, Seagong. How are you? Good. So here we are for another episode of the Kung Fu Genius Podcast in a somewhat modified setup. I don't know how Andrew is editing this, but we're only using one camera for the both of us today. Oh, yeah, one camera. Um, but this is kind of the last of the old filming the KFG podcast using our cell phones. This is very exciting. Because we have now finally upgraded to a professional video and audio rig, uh, partially to uh, deal with some of the audio issues we had when we moved the studio up here and out of the, uh, well, you know, the early episodes when we got everything set up, we had really good sound because we were in a soundproof room, but now we're upstairs, so we it's been a bit echoey, so now... We've invested in some better equipment, so this is the last of the shit equipment episodes. <laughs> I know. Right? We, we're, just, we're just like ghettoing it up, which is what is good. It's like kind of what's the word? Um, see, I'm going to do that. It's going to look funny across there, right? But um, it's like, what, how do we do it? It's like, you know, it's like gorilla. You know what I mean? Yes, it's yes. like kind of like spelled G-U-E-R-R-I-L-A. Yeah, yeah, not gorilla. Yeah, okay, yeah like so gorilla glue. Like, so it's like, it's like gorilla podcasting. Like yes. We're just doing it by the seat of our pants, and we're right, just right. kind of like... You know, but we're getting to we're getting to the fourth season. I know, and it's time it's serious to, now. It's, it's time, time to like, that we sell out. It's time to sell out. It's <laughs> like it's time we have a, a top forty hit that everyone didn't expect, and now suddenly everyone wants to listen to our first three albums. That's right. That's you know right. I mean? We're gonna we're gonna go that way. But to All do right. that, we have to have that really nice, silky smooth. 80s production. 80s. All right. Sorry, All right. 80s. Produ- oh, sorry. Yes. 80s yes. production. Yes, yes, yes. Speak, you know, if, if American English is good enough for the Queen and Jesus, it should be good enough for you, all right? <laughs> it's never good so, enough for me. <laughs> so here we are. We are going to do... Uh, Presumably, our last Hong Kong recap episode. Well, we see, we 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 should, but you know what? When we were going through, and I was going through all of this, we had a lot in the a last lot, part. A lot more than I expected right. because, like, we you know we were at the end. You know, the tour is winding down. We were doing a little bit less, and yet. A lot of stuff still happened. Yeah. So uh, when we initially set out to do some recap episodes on our epic. 2023 Hong Kong trip, we first thought we would do, like, the first episode, we're like, oh, we'll just recap the whole trip in one episode. And there was so much stuff that we did, even just setting up day one. It basically became a day one episode. And then the second episode, I think, was like a day two and three. Mm -hmm. And then, did we do the third episode already? No, this, I believe, is like the the third third episode, right? Yeah. So this would be kind of recapping the end of the week of the formal tour, but then, like, after the tour was done, there was so much that went on. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, maybe we'll be able to get it all in. I have no idea. It's yeah. it's pretty amazing how much we were able to do in Hong Kong. But uh, it's not surprising given, like, my past trips or whatever. But even even for KFG standards, this last trip was like, Jesus Christ, we did a lot. Yes. Oh, my God, we yeah. did so, so be- much. We, before we get started on that, just want to remind you guys that the best way to support the Kung Fu Genius podcast is on Patreon. Patreon.com slash the Kung Fu Genius. For as little as $5 a month, and what's $5 these days? Literally nothing. Yeah. Uh, you can get access to episodes early, as well as other goodies, like my subscriber reels and uh, other little goodies that we put on there that are not for the general audience, like Yip Man interviews, things like that. For higher levels of support, you can even get like a private episode with me and a shout-out in the uh, 
uh, in the uh, description of the episodes for, I think, for the, not, not the baller, but for like the tw- 25 or above uh, uh, subscriber, they get, they get that. So uh, definitely appreciate your support. Patreon is the best way to support the Kung Fu Genies podcast. So, um, so here we go. So now uh, where we left off, we left off uh, kind of on Thursday on day yes, four. that is correct. Where I had that epic night of teaching Wing Chun, sitting in Yip Man's chair. Oh, yeah. Going to the, the Three Prince Temple where Yip Man uh, taught and then kind of, then we kind of, Left for the night, and now we are on the Friday of the of the tour, which started to remind the audience on that Monday. Okay, so Friday uh, we went to Shatin. Mm-hmm. Right? Shatin is also in the New Territories, but just right over. It's like the first place into the New Territories, right? Yeah. Right over the, the 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 mountains there, the hills. And Shatin was also oddly enough the uh, uh, first place I ever stayed at in Hong Kong. So when I went to Hong Kong for the first time, I went with my parents. Uh, we stayed at a hotel in Shatin, and that's where I famously met Sammo Hung. Was there in Shatin? Ah, okay. Uh, yeah. So Shatin always has like a very um, special place in my heart because when I first went to Hong Kong, I only knew Hong Kong and Kowloon and Hong Kong Island, right? And because I stayed in Shatin, like the first place I learned, which kind of made me, you know, feel like I knew something a little more about Hong Kong was I stayed in a place called Shatin, right? And so that was, uh, uh, that was a great experience. And I've actually stayed at that same hotel uh, that I stayed at, um, the first time I went there, I stayed there one more time a number of years ago. I went there, with, I think, around 2016. I went, my mom was there, and it was like a Mother's Day uh, uh, um, time, and I, I was there, I remember, with my mom. Uh, so it's great. So Shatin always has a special place in my heart. Now, Shatin was also a place that Bruce Lee would go to from time to time. Right. Uh, supposedly, uh, there was... Uh, uh, he, he would go, like to go jogging up there because there were some hills. Um, some people say that it was the 10,000 Buddha Monastery, which we actually didn't end up going to. It was on the itinerary right. for that same morning, but uh, it started raining like crazy. It was actually oh, the first yeah. day in the weekend, and it was like, for anyone, if you've never experienced like Hong Kong rains, it is like the, 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 the drops, the individual drops are like golf balls. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, and, and the rain, it can rain so intensely that you just feel like you're just going through water not that you're being rained on but you're just like going through water right mm-hmm. and so we had to we had to skip the 10,000 buddha monastery and instead we went to the other main attraction in Shatin for at least for kung fu people which is the uh the bruce lee exhibit at the hong kong heritage museum now that um exhibit i've talked about it before on this podcast also on the old dudes of kung fu podcast with uh, big sean that uh, exhibit has been going on for quite a while. I think maybe since 2012 or 2013 or something like that. And it started as a um, an exhibit that had a lot of Bruce Lee's personal effects there, like uh, clothing that he wore, uh, his books. Uh, they even had like his records from school and all sorts of crazy things. And uh, it was always fun to go there. And every time I went there, which was pretty much almost every year, I would bring my students uh, to go, you know, so you could see some of this rare stuff. Now, although there was a, a lot of stuff there that were like legit things that were Bruce Lee's, at one point they had, uh, they had a rack with all of his, a shelf with all of his books. Not maybe not all of his books, because he actually had quite a number of books, but many of his books. And it was just kind of cool to see to see those, like, the actual books that he had. And, and they had, like, you know, copies of certificates he had given to students and this, that, and the other thing. There were a couple items there that were not legit. 
Yeah. Um, there was one wooden dummy there that kind of, but it's, it was a little bit of a sin of omission. It wasn't, they weren't saying it was Bruce Lee's dummy, but they weren't saying it was not Bruce Lee's <laughs> dummy. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, I could tell just, it, it's not one that was in any photo with him ever. So I don't think that one was legit. They had some training equipment there, then a couple other things. Um, and so the original exhibit was only supposed to be for a few years, but it was so successful that they extended it a number of times. But then the virus of unknown origins hit, and then we did this trip this year, and I wasn't even sure like if the exhibit would still be there because I figured it had long out, you know, had long been renewed multiple times, and then the virus of unknown origins hit and kind of shut the world for a couple of years. So I figured, oh, they must have closed it down. Yeah. But then before we made the trip, I double-checked, and the it's still there, Yeah. Uh, albeit in a different form. Um, it's still really good. Yeah. It's not the same exhibit that I went to in previous years. They have a lot of, because a lot of the original stuff that w- was in, th- those were owned by collectors, like Perry Lee. Yeah. And a lot of that stuff, I think, or uh, Jeff Chin, I think a lot of that stuff, had to go back to the collectors because they're mm-hmm. not gonna, they're gonna gonna leave their collection somewhere for years and years and years. Yep. Um, but they still have a fair amount of Bruce Lee's stuff there, and they redid the entire exhibit. So anyone who was there in like the early days of the exhibit, it's completely redone, and it's still really good. Oh yeah. And there was still a lot of stuff to see there, and a lot of. Uh, of Bruce Lee's personal effects and some other things there that were really, really cool interviews and things like that. So, um, yeah, so that was a lot of fun. What did you think of it? Well, I thought it was amazing. I really liked all the, I just can't help myself. I really liked all the pop art stuff. So like there was like just whole strips of stamps. Yes. The Bruce Lee stamps are cool. All of the Bruce Lee action figures and like kind of almost like diorama esque stuff as you walked in was super cool. We were initially told that we weren't allowed to take photos, but it turned out that we could. Yeah, they changed that. You said not be able to take photos. Yeah. They had Hans Claw in there from Enter the Dragon. Mm-hmm. And in those days, anytime you tried to take a photo, there was like some Chinese staffer on your ass right away, right? <laughs> uh, but one of my students managed to sneak a photo of Hans Claw mm-hmm. uh, in one of the previous trips. Um, yeah, so I, they, they've, they've kind of chilled out a little bit. I also think partially because they don't have as much of the collector stuff there anymore right. um, yeah, but there's yeah. still a lot of really interesting stuff well, there. I, like, I mean I like the fact that it was from the very very beginning so like it in, involved all of his child stuff yes, you know, yes. most people would obviously you know your casual observers have absolutely zero idea that he used to be a child star yeah right? you know, he didn't do no drugs yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that hasn't been included yet maybe yeah, next year right. but um, you know like there was a couple of like kind of cool like movies that you could go and watch like I know that there's that one that you said the documentary that's not there anymore? Yeah, unfortunately. So the, uh, and I mentioned that on this podcast before, in my opinion, the best documentary ever done on Bruce Lee was the one that they showed at the Hong Kong Heritage Museum at that exhibit. Uh, They have, uh, at the Hong Kong Heritage Museum is a beautiful museum. And that place was amazing. And the Bruce Lee exhibit's just one of the exhibits, although it's one of the main exhibits they have there. They actually, this time, had a Leslie Chung exhibit all the way at the top, which was amazing. They had some of Leslie Chung's, like, very extravagant clothing that he wore during some of his <laughs> concerts. It was really cool. I'm also a bit uh, Leslie, uh, Leslie Chung fan. So the, the, the Bruce Lee stuff kind of takes up a major portion of it. And then they have this amazing gift shop at the bottom. Where they have lots of really cool stuff and Hong Kong stuff there as well. Yeah. Wan Chai refrigerator magnets and mm-hmm, stuff like mm-hmm. that, right? It's um, funny seeing Bay's books in that book. That yeah, shop. I right? was like, oh, I met that guy. Yeah, it's very, <laughs> very, very interesting when to know these people and you see, you see their stuff there. Um, so the, um, 
the exhibit is is still nice. They had like like they had some of the toy stuff there, like the the bust of his head and mm-hmm. everything, and the game of death and everything. I'm, I I have some friends like um, Charles Damiano. They're really into like that collectible stuff. I geek out way more about like the actual stuff that either Bruce Lee owned or was his or his notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not like the big like Bruce Lee bobblehead collector. Um, but some of that stuff is pretty cool. Some of those busts are pretty amazing. Well, you know, the funny thing is, it's like I, I, I love going out to galleries and, and, and art museums and that just in general. But like that's the first time in a long time where I actually went and read and like kind of like absorbed everything as I went through. Yeah. And the thing where like, you know, and I was still going, I probably got maybe halfway through before it was like, um, you know, one of the stuntmen came up or it was like, okay, so... KFG's saying that we need to leave now. We've yeah. been here for a while. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing. First of all, because this was the, the first big tour that I led. So I have no idea, like, because if I were by myself, I could spend four hours there. Yeah, absolutely. Because no one is pressing me, right? But I don't know, like, for those who are on the tour, you know, like, how much Bruce Lee is too much Bruce Lee, right? Yeah, of course. But it was a cool sign that I basically had to be like, hey, guys, we, we got to get going. We got other stuff we got to do. Yeah. It's just kind of a... A testament to kind of how great that exhibit was. And then there's a huge statue outside of Bruce Lee mm-hmm. doing the sidekick. Yeah, wrong way around, though. Wrong way around, though. He's doing it with the left leg, which mm-hmm. he famously would have done it with his right leg. So that was a lot of fun. And then it's the rain started to subside a bit. And then we went back to the the amazing uh, shot, the mall there in Shatin, and, and we had some, some awesome eats. Yeah, we all kind of just, like, split off. And, you know, I actually... <laughs> Funny enough, me, myself, and um, Victoria, we we just sort of kind of randomly caught, ran into each other while we were there and found a baked potato shop. A baked potato? Yeah, baked potato. Uh-huh. You know, so there, that was like a shop that basically, like a cafe that sold pretty much just baked potatoes with like various different Something toppings. you would expect in Hong Kong, right? 100%. Did any of that stuff freak you out how much like a Western food they have there, but it's kind of like... Uh, you know, like in America, we have American-style Chinese food, which is awful, like sweet and sour chicken, and it's yeah. basically just breaded, fried with sweet goop over rice, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's American Chinese food. But they have like Hong Kong versions of Western stuff. Yeah. The only difference in in the same bizarro world, it's like Asian-style, let's say, Western food. Mm-hmm. In 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 the exact opposite way it's actually good in a way that like american chinese food is awful yeah it's like but it's that same order of magnitude good as our american chinese food is bad Mm -hmm. they have really great takes on some of like some of the types of foods that we like to eat yeah absolutely so you had a you had a hong kong baked potato yeah baked potato and it was the first experience with a robot like uh um, you know, like waiter, the server, the server, right? Did they also take your payment too? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and you know the funny that we also kind of like it was completely by accident poured like the obnoxious like kind of um, patron thing. Like we were looking, it was like lunchtime, so we were looking for like a spare table and everything. And we found this table, and there was an umbrella on it, right? Mm-hmm. And they were just, oh, it looks like to me, someone leaves an umbrella. They probably forgot it, and they're just like, "Oh, this is great!" And we sat down, put the phone down on the uh, QR code, right? And then about two minutes later, a lady comes back for her umbrella, but she'd actually like reserved the table, and like, you know, luckily there was one guy behind us, like who who could speak English and could see it, and we were just like, we were like, we were like, so sorry, so sorry, so sorry, like we will right. get out of it. Problem is, once you put your phone down for the payment or whatever, see, the table's yours. <laughs> 
So, like, she was also very gracious and then went off to get another table, which wasn't quite the one she wanted because it was one with, like, a, you know, a divider, so it wasn't okay. her own solo table. But uh-huh. I just had this feeling of her just being, like, bloody Westerners coming and stealing Coming and messing everything and up. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? But, um, yeah, no, I mean, like, it was it was a cool, interesting experience seeing this thing just go backwards and forwards with your food. And, right. You know what I mean? And Every time I, like, I hear one of those stories, like, what happened with the misunderstanding, I always think of the Karate Kid. I just got to figure out the rules here, right? This place sucks. I don't know the rules here. <laughs> yes, absolutely. absolutely. That's exactly what yeah, it is. Yeah, wherever you, know, you go, you go to a foreign country, you got to learn the rules. Everything's mm-hmm. a little bit different, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you, you know, places in Europe, very different vibe from, from Asia, very different vibe from here, and you got to, you got to like find something to latch onto to kind of go with the flow whenever you travel yeah, yeah. somewhere. Absolutely. So after that, yeah, we basically kind of disbanded and chilled out a little bit. Yeah, we took a Did click. we do anything Friday night as a group? Or I oh, think yes, I gave we everyone. Did. We did. So if you're not local to NYC, one of the easiest ways for you to improve your Wing Chun training is to train online with me. Online private training is tailored toward the individual and geared towards serious practitioners who want to improve their skills or knowledge base. I offer two private lesson subscriptions, twice a month and four times a month. Kung Fu Genius listeners use the code KFG online to get one online consultation lesson free with the purchase of any subscription. That code and the links are in the description below. Online private training is a convenient way for you to ask any of the questions you've had about application, form, theory, or even how to teach. Bring a partner to train with you online at absolutely no extra cost. I'll show you how to train with your partner online. Again, use the code KFG online to get a free consultation lesson with the purchase of any online subscription links are in the description below and i'll see you online we right did something as a group oh, yeah, on no, Friday night. Well, we Glad to have you here to remind yeah, me. Yeah, no, well, so because basically, you know, the tour is beginning to wind down a little bit because we did so much in the right. first four days. And I wanted the last few days to be a little more social and yeah. less hectic. Yeah, people were able to go out and do the things that they wanted to do. Right. The Friday night, um, an ex-student of yours uh-huh. was very kind enough uh-huh. to pay for a charter boat. Well, you can't call him an ex-student. He's, he's he actually did. still your student. He's yes. still my student. Man. He just moved to Hong Kong. You okay. make ex-student like you're wheeling and dealing behind my back or something <laughs> like that. An ex-student of one Sorry. of the old rebels. Sorry, man. That's not what I meant. <laughs> yes, I apologize. Yeah, that's right. Of course. How yes. can I forget? That Friday was one of the most... Yeah, I'm like, did we do anything on that Friday? And then just like, yeah... Another epic thing, just like every other day, you know it's what like I mean? fell into our lap. We were all told to be at the dock on Hong, the Hong Kong Island side by 4.45 mm-hmm. and get over there. You know, same place that we'd been to like two nights before for the peak, right? And because we were all going to get on a boat and just take this boat through like the bay. Yes. And go to Lama Island where yes. we were going to have a fantastic seafood that's dinner. That's right. That's right. Yes. So uh, for people who don't know, you know, Hong Kong is, you have Kowloon, which is attached to mainland China. And then you have Hong Kong Island, which is where, you know, the it's kind of like Manhattan. It's where all the ritzy stuff is. But then Hong Kong has a number of different islands. Peng Chao, Lama. You have all these, uh, you have all these little like outlying islands where there's, Lots of cool stuff to do there. And Lama Island is very famous for seafood. Yeah. And um, my student Ming very graciously chartered a, uh, a ferry for us, which is connected to the restaurant. And we all, like our huge group, we all got on a ferry on Hong Kong Island. Mm-hmm. 
and took this amazing ferry ride, kind of you go around Hong Kong Island uh, to the west side, and we actually passed by Aberdeen, which is where uh, they shot the opening of Enter the Dragon, where they're on the boats, and everyone is having the flashback scene where they're, they're on those little boats trying to go to the main boat, and Lee and Saxon, they all have their little flashbacks. Mm-hmm. That was right there in, in that, Aber- that section called Aberdeen. We, we went by there, we saw that. Oh, yeah. And then landed on Lama Island and had... Like a multi-course seafood oh. feast, oh. all paid for, by the way, by by Ming for mm-hmm. the entire group, which was incredible. Yep, the food that came was so good. I think oh Andrew God. has some bit, uh, some clips of some of that stuff on um, some of his videos. Well, it just kept coming as well, and it was all just fantastic. those scallops were just ridiculous. Yes, yes, yes. huge things like come in the shell, and you're just like this episodes called the seafood genius. <laughs> Absolutely, you know the SFG. No, this is this, it was it was it was great, and you know it was like when we got there, it was still like light. You know, yes. we spent you know everyone was kind of having a good time on the boat. You know, was it Brendan and I were doing yacht rock poses? That's right, and that's also shell. by the way. To, to come full circle, that's where we found out about Bing. Oh, yeah, we were, I was about to get to that. We found out about him on the way back. Um, yes, yes. On the way back. And yes. then on the way back, it was nighttime. So what, what was amazing about that is when we left, we were treated to the beautiful skyline and sights of Hong Kong during daylight. Mm-hmm. And then when we came back, we saw everything at night with yes. the lights and everything. It was just an incredible oh, God, view. So good. Really unmatched with the, 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 the scenery, with the modern uh, architecture. It's really, really, Hong Kong is really phenomenal in, in that respect. Oh, yeah, because it's just like you start and you just keep going and there's just this. And then you're obviously pointing out. The, you know, we can tell where all the rich areas are. Yes, and poor yes, areas. yes. You know, you, right. again, we had the Aberdeen. I managed to, on the way there, managed to find a couple of roller coasters. If anyone knows me, they know I absolutely love roller coasters. Yes. It's like I know I'm going to make it oh, to yeah, that. Ocean Park. Ocean that's Park, where you saw, yep, where you saw absolutely. it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so like that. We did that. But yeah, the food was brilliant. We came back and then a few of us decided to go to Lang Kwai Fong just for a few oh, drinks. Oh, that's right. Another Lang Kwai Fong. Yeah. Yeah, it was funny. I, I actually rarely go to Lang Kwai Fong, uh, even when I'm in Hong Kong. My, usually whoever I'm with, they tend to convince me to drink. I generally don't drink at all mm-hmm. unless I'm in Hong Kong. Then I, That's like I get all my years worth of drinking in the yes. one week I'm in Hong Kong, mm-hmm. right? Um, but normally I don't go to Lang Kwai Fong because Lang Kwai Fong is, is a bit touristy yeah. and it's a bit expat-y for my taste. Oh, my God, yeah. Um, but... We found a killer place in Lang Kwai Fong that we really liked that had yeah. really good food. And we just kept coming back because the place was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. with Nuevo. Nuevo. Yeah. Nueva. Nueva. Nueva Tapas. Yeah. Tapas. Yeah, but yeah. I follow them on Instagram. They're great. Yeah. 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 But that was kind of and that was kind of it. You know what I mean? We kind of like we you know, the whole day was cool. Like nothing it wasn't like the first time we were at Lang Kwai Fong. It was a lot more kind of chill you know we're all just hanging you can, out you can see highlights of that first time in Lang Kwai Fong on uh, <laughs> on some of Andrew's videos which yes. he did a very good job editing out some of the worst parts absolutely Bruce Willow's got some good stuff on his yes. as well you know yes, so, yes, yes. yeah so that was that was Friday the yeah. 25th so knowing we're, we're now going getting into like the end of the tour and everything it's a little more chill you know 26th 
Saturday, Saturday. We, we went uh, to Stanley Beach. Went to Stanley Beach. Because of the, the entire trip, like I said, one, one of the main things about the Ultimate Hong Kong Kung Fu Tour, which, by the way, registration is now open for the 2024. Yep. Uh, we will be there. Yeah, we, we will be there. So you guys can, uh, the, the link is in the description of this video. And also you can just go to City Wing Chun, C-I-T-Y-W-I-N-G-T-S-U-N.com, CityWingChun.com. That's the new updated domain for our online shop, by the way. Uh, we did just at a... Um, an update for our website. Oh, so yes. CityWTCITYWT.com. That's basically the website for the school here in New York for people who want to learn Wing Chun here at our NYC headquarters. But our association website, which is also the website for the online shop where people can buy my books and videos and all that stuff. That's now City Wing Chun spelled out. C-I-T-Y-W-I-N-G. T-S-U-N, not C-H-U-N, T-S-U-N, yep. uh, .com. So, uh, but even if you just go to CDWT, there's a little link for shop. Click on shop. It'll bring you to the other site, and then the Hong Kong trip is on there. You fill out a form, and mm -hmm. uh, you'll, you'll get two PDFs sent to you automatically, which have all the information about the trip, all the pricing, everything you want to know, what we're going to do, all that kind of stuff. Uh, everything is in there laid out so people know exactly what they're getting into when they, yep. when they go across the world with the KFG. Absolutely. Um, but I'm limiting the number of people who can come. Last year we had over 25. I want to keep it to 20 this time. Mm -hmm. So uh, the yeah the, the the spots are limited. So you should you should get them right away. We just opened it last week. Uh, already, someone just texted me today. They already signed up for it. So fantastic. Yeah. So well so that's going to fill up very quickly. So uh, highly highly recommend. Top uh, tip by the way, if you do it now, the flights are way way cheaper yeah. than if you do it later. Like yeah. I mean, my flight over there. I did miles and it was like eighty thousand miles plus right. ten dollars right. to right. go around it. Actually, yeah. my, my extending my trip to go to Japan actually cost me more more in miles than it did to do the trip around in the first wow. place. Wow! Because because yeah. I did it so much later. So. Yeah. So if you want to come to Hong Kong, book it now. Go to the website now. Sign up. Pay for the tour. And come and be with it. It's going to be amazing. Yes, right? it is. Uh, and even you're coming back because oh, you had such a good time. Absolutely. If I don't come back, then, yeah, I don't know. Kill yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. So uh, so what I want, you know, on the tour, what I want to do for everyone who's coming is, I, obviously, I'm the guy to show everyone where all the Kung Fu stuff is, where all the Bruce Lee stuff is, all the movie stuff, you know. Um, but I also want to make sure that people are coming to Hong Kong for the first time or the only time that they also see all the touristy stuff the peak and you know take the ferry across the way like there's just some stuff you have to do like go to Lan Kwai Fong if you don't do that did you really even go to Hong Kong right yep. um, and one of them was I wanted to make sure that we went to the beach not so much to go to the beach for the sake of being at the beach mm -hmm. um, but Stanley Beach is really cool because it's on the south side of Hong Kong Island and you get to see how the other half lives oh yes <laughs> <laughs> um, and taking the uh, um, the double decker bus out there the views are amazing you know you're high up there right kind of almost looking staring off the edge of, the, of a cliff when mm -hmm. you're on those uh, those double-decker buses and you know um, Stanley is admittedly uh, for, of all the beaches in Hong Kong it is one of the more touristy ones they have like that you know, you know they have like the market there which is a little geared yeah. towards tourists but but again, that's also why we went there, because I also want people to do some touristy stuff while we're in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. So we did uh, Stanley Beach. And um, the interesting thing about Stanley Beach is that it's pretty close to two points of interest for martial art nerds, mm -hmm. two of which we, we also went to that day, one of which was successful, the other one not so successful. Mm -hmm. So uh, we decided to 
go to actually one place I had never been to, which was St. Stephen's College. Yes. And that was the university that Yip Man went to, uh, which would have been in, you know, 1912, something mm-hmm. like that. Right. So he's one of their famous alumni. We wanted to go to that St. Stephen's College and we went there uh, up to the front door. And so I would say it's successful. We got a photo in front of it. Mm-hmm. The guard wouldn't let us in. He was like, no, you need to make a, a, a reservation. So I just know for next year. Uh, yep. To go in there, to walk on the campus, I just have to call in advance and yeah, let absolutely. them know. So we we made it to the entrance, and uh, it was a nice little walk. And then the other place we wanted to go to was uh, the American Club in Taitam, which is essentially where they shot the tournament in Enter the Dragon, right? Uh, as discussed on a previous episode, you know, the whole Hans Island is kind of a patchwork of a number of things. Yeah, um, The exterior shot, is actually a place on the front side of Hong Kong Island, which you can see on the way up to the peak, which we saw that the exterior exa- establishing shot of Han's palace is like one of the buildings on the way up to the peak. Mm-hmm. Then um, inside the palace uh, was Golden Harvest Studios. And then outside the tennis courts where they actually had the tournament were, was in Taitam, which is a section there on the south side of Hong Kong Island. Uh, there's like a little jetty where the boat came in and then there were tennis courts. So for people who don't know, I don't think this is news for fans of our podcast, but if you ever watch Enter the Dragon, when you see those long shots of all the extras doing the reverse punches and you look, you'll actually see they're standing on tennis courts. Yeah. And you can actually see the, the white chalk outlines, which they kind of tried to fade out. Uh, so you can very clearly say like, oh, they're on tennis courts. Yeah. Han, Han bought an old tennis camp. Yeah. To, to put his Kung Fu Island on. Han was an ex-tennis player, just what didn't make it into his bio. That's right. I mean? That's why he, yeah. they, he rebelled from Shaolin. Because it, <laughs> it, it was never made clear because he was like, he, you know, he rebelled against the Shaolin Temple and everyone was offended, but no one said what it was. Mm-hmm. What if it's like he gave up Shaolin to, to start playing tennis? <laughs> <laughs> and then that didn't work out, so he decided to smuggle drugs and have a martial arts tournament. And that's how he lost his hand. It was nothing to do with what was intimated by the gun. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? Yeah, nothing. It was a horrific <laughs> tennis accident. <laughs> hit, hit one of those machines that throws the balls at you. It, like, it just went right for his hand yeah. and exploded his hand. Someone put it on the wrong setting. And that's, that's the true origin story of how Han lost his hand. Yeah. <laughs> oh, imagine that. Yes, it has nothing to do with guns. No, yes, absolutely yes. not. So we wanted to go and see the tennis courts because now the the what what is there now is is a place called the American Club, which is a hoity-toity, snooty, like it's a country club. It's like for people who have a really extended lower jaw. So I like your uh, TV producer yeah, friend Charles. Charles right? so, I am a, I'm a member of the American Club, right? mm-hmm. one of uh, six clubs I belong to in Hong Kong. Yes, yes. <laughs> and and uh, it's kind of one of those hoity-toity, snooty places, right? Mm-hmm. But. Um, while most things have changed drastically since 1973, the tennis courts and the little rock wall around it is basically the same. Uh, and they still have tennis courts there at the American Club. Mm-hmm. Um, but they wouldn't let us in because no. it's like they, that, guy, like, that guy gave zero f- uh, yeah. like about, it's like, yo, don't you know this is a Kung Fu genius? <laughs> So they did not let us in. They did not. 
So then we did some kind of Enter the Dragon-esque wall scaling <laughs> to try to, like... Uh, Bruno was the most daring. Oh, yeah. I didn't want to mess with it because I'm like... Those guys are... They were ready to call the cops just while we were asking to get in there. Yeah, yeah. They're like, there's a group outside, and they're weird. <laughs> so I was I was like, I don't want any international incidents. I only like national incidents. Absolutely. No international incidents. So, like, Bruno's, like, climbing up and putting his camera <laughs> up there and trying to get him up. It's like, all right, you go do it. And then we tried to walk around and see if we could get down to the water where the jetty is. Yeah. But that is all blocked off, and it was nothing but a heartache trying to find a path down. Mm -hmm. um, you can only get there from the water, apparently. Now, yeah, unless yeah. someone knows another way to get to that jetty where where the, the boat originally lands, which nothing nothing in Enter the Dragon is shot is the way it actually is in Hong Kong. You know, yeah, like, yeah. this is shot in the studio, this is shot over there. Um, but the jetties where the boats land was actually right next to the tennis courts where they shot the other thing. So that 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 was kind of somewhat legit that the, that would be where the boat would land to go to that place. Right. Um, but it just seems that from the road, mm -hmm. uh, you cannot get there. You have to come from the water because right. I think it's all on private property. Yeah. So we had even toyed with the idea because like the next beach over, they had like canoes for rent. We were mm -hmm. thinking, like, well, let me just go rent a canoe and then just go the back <laughs> way there. But then even for me as, like, a very staunch Bruce Lee fan, I'm like, it's it's just a rock jetty where they shot a scene. And, yeah. you know, uh, the, the, the risk of it being private property or whatever just it didn't really seem to be seemed to be the move. So Well, I mean, we did try. We, we carried on walking once we got past the America Club. Because I think what is because I know that, like, you know, we kind of sort of, Victoria and I kind of split up expecting to everyone to follow us. Right. And we were waiting at the end, like, and I think you guys went down a ton of steps and basically managed to circumvent us because yes. we ended up coming back later on. But before we did that, we carried on walking down that street and got to that other private property building that had the really nice water feature. Yes. And we were trying to walk around that and I was like, mm, yeah, yeah, like we've already just kind of crossed, like just, you know, the concierge is going to come out and be like, who, 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 the, yeah. who are these yeah. guys? Yeah, Hong Kong is, is very old school in that way. Like, you know, they will you, you will get in trouble for trespassing over there. Right? Mm -hmm. Here mm -hmm. it's just like, you know, ah, let's get out of here before the cops come there. It's like, no, we want you to go to jail. All right? <laughs> like, they're going to get you. All right. You have to watch out. So after that, we we went back. We went back to the beach. I remember I took the bus back, I think, with Kara. And then we headed back to back to the mainland, I suppose. You wrote all the notes because you took you, you, you had an extensive diary. So for me, it's just a blur of like Hong Kong stuff. What did, what did we do on Saturday after Stanley? I still feel like there was some something we did. Well, there wasn't. We this was the first day where we all just kind of did bounced off thing. and did our own thing for like the afternoon. Right, right. But what we did. Later on in the evening, which we, we've been since when are we speaking French here? <laughs> no, I'm not talking the royal we either. I'm not, not this is not we mean I. And okay. I mean the royal you. we. Yeah, you know. We are not amused. Uh huh. Yes. Know. So, um, you, myself, the, the weekend, mm -hmm. you know, we. Thursday. We, yeah, Thursday. We even got the, uh, the uh, stuntmen to tear themselves away from the. Uh, their port, new Portuguese friend's other spot that they were trying right. to get us to come right. to. Car, Victoria's fan. We all found a karaoke bar. Oh, that's right. We did karaoke. 
Yeah, we did karaoke. We were kind of sold a bit of a lemon, right? We were looking for karaoke bars and like... Which you can find everywhere in Hong Kong, except there's a couple, couple issues. Yes. One, uh, obviously you're in a foreign country, so a majority of the music catalog is going to be like Chinese music, mm-hmm. all right? Uh, that's the one issue. Second issue is that a majority of so-called karaoke clubs in Hong Kong are actually just um, dens of iniquity or whatever. They're they just houses of ill repute. Yes. Where it, karaoke is the cover, right? You, you, walk, you walk down like any local street in Hong Kong, it's like karaoke, and it's like some girl in like some you know, bikini or whatever, and you're like, what does that have to do with karaoke, right? Mm-hmm. So we had to find, we, we had like a kind of a double mission. We had to find a legitimate karaoke place, all right? Uh, that also had some Western music, mm-hmm. right? And then we found some dude on the MTR who kind of told us about the one we went to. Yeah, like, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. But when we got there, not so much Western music. I was expecting a much bigger catalog. They did have, uh, they did have Toto's Africa, though. Yes, but the other problem is, is that I'm a karaoke purist, mm-hmm. right? So when I go to a karaoke bar, right, like, I don't care how good or bad anyone sings it. I just want to know that they're singing it and then there's, there's not, like, a backing track. And a lot of the tracks that we ended up singing to, they just basically had the track and put lyrics up on it, right? So, oh, okay. you know, instead of it being like, hey, we're going to do, like, I don't know, we did Drop It Like It's Hot. Awesome version, by the way. Yes. But it was kind of like, um, you know... It was essentially the track, just they put the lyrics and we were so singing above the track. You can't really sing above Snoop. Like, you, right. you can't, it's just, it's somehow wrong. Yes. I mean, we did it because we right. had a few beers, you know what I right. mean? Right. Um, the highlight was your Wong Fei Hung. Yes, yes, yes. Rendition, though. That was pretty funny. This guy. <laughs> so I am, just to be fair, I'm an awful singer. All right. Mm-hmm. I have no voice. I have no pipes. Yeah, but you know all of the words but to I all know of the, the words. songs. Yeah. Especially Yacht Rock. Yes. If if you're gonna yeah, you're gonna put Yacht Rock, Christopher Cross, Michael McDonald, Ambrosia. any of that kind of Ambrosia, yeah, that's that, that's my shit right there, man. I'm I've officially crossed that threshold into an old man. <laughs> yeah, I listen to like the old man stuff my dad listened to and I'm like, This music's good. Yeah. Man. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes. I knew it was over when I actually started liking Foreigner. Yes. Yeah, they're great. I didn't. I'm yeah. like, we, we never. I would. We didn't grow up with that stuff in my house. My yeah. dad was like, "This stuff is whack, yo." Like it's got like kind of. He didn't actually say that, but he meant it, right? right. Just just like all all the synths and everything. We were listening to a lot, kind of more, kind of heavier, like kind of cooler stuff. I would say. Right. And then I got older and I started listening to, uh, you know, like uh, all those like power ballads. Ironically, uh-huh. and then realized quite soon afterwards that it was no longer ironic yes <laughs> you know i'm just yes. like you actually like it i now. actually really yeah. like this you yeah. know what i mean toto's africa is just straight fire yeah. you gotta bless you know the mean? rains man it's yeah come on. down in africa yeah. my friend and so there was one chinese song so the, the very famous theme song from once upon a time in china with jet Li. that uh that's the the chinese title of that film by the way is just wong fei hong it's not Once Upon a Time in China. Yeah. And they took the old, I think it's called On the General's Orders or General's Orders, the original um, instrumental version of that song. So when you listen to the old Kwanta King serials and the old Wong Fei Hung films from the 70s, mm-hmm. you'll, anytime Wong Fei Hung's about to like bust some ass or something, you'll always hear the ding, 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 ding. You'll hear that, that song. Yeah. But it didn't have lyrics. The lyrics came later. I think it was, uh, what, uh, was it James Wong, I think is the name of the, the composer and the singer. He then added lyrics 
to that old instrumental, and it also changed the name of the song to La Mi Dong Ji Kong, which is the man must be strong, right? It's yeah. all it's 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 a real like patriotic tearjerker. Mm-hmm. All right, oh, yeah, it, it is about it is about it. it is about being like. Um, Hohan, which is the the Han Chinese, which are like the pure ethnic Chinese. It's like about being. I mean, you can never, you can never actually have a song like this in America. But like, talk about being like pure American. <laughs> but you could do it over there, like, because the song could be like, you know, like you gotta be strong, like a real American. Like if you could, like, if you could, like translate the lyrics, it's like I face ten thousand waves fearlessly. Like you know, my blood is warm, American, hot blooded, strong man, America. It's like, but just take that sentiment and just make it Chinese. That's basically what that song is. That makes sense to me, though. Yes. You know Why I mean? it's so kind yeah, of just cheesy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then so what people who don't know me that well don't know is that I, I know all the Cantonese lyrics to that song. <laughs> and, and what was even more of a flex, and I have to admit I was totally flexing, is the karaoke is on this. It's like on four screens. Yeah. And you have the subtitles, but of course the subtitles for that song are in Chinese. And it tells you like, you know, it's got the ball, like where what where you're supposed to be on what lyric. Mm-hmm. And there I am belting out the lyrics, follow it. And I kept making the joke, like, come on guys, sing along. Yes. I know you know the words. <laughs> and then and then I would go I would go up to the screen. On the Chinese word, come on, guys. <laughs> totally flexing. Oh, hey, oh, siu man chong long. Come on, guys. You know the lyrics. Let's go, right? Lam yi dong ji kong. That was amazing, right? Yeah. Uh, and and I, was, I was very proud of knowing, like, the lyrics. Of course, my singing is non-existent. I have, I have a, a, a voice like a, like a dying dog. Well, that's not like a song that you really sing. You kind of belt, you belt it, it out. Yes. You know what I mean? It's but like, I remember I was, like, so, I was, like, so proud, like, to show uh, Bruno, like, look at this video of me belting out Lam Yi Dong Chi Kung, and and he's like, hey, not bad. And then the end where he has like that big like finish, and like, of course I can't stick it. <laughs> and he's like, oh, and then oh, what did you do there? And I was like. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta give me credit for singing the Chinese song, and then he gave me total shit for having no voice. <laughs> That's very, very Bruno. It's isn't very it? Bruno. <laughs> it's like, all right, go sing some Spandau ballet or whatever, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, that was a lot of fun. We, yeah. which reminds me that we have to do karaoke over here. Wow, you know my birthday's coming up. Is it? When's I your birthday? In January. January what? January twentieth. All right, KFG fans. Saturday. January twentieth. So if oh, let's do that. you know, like uh, if 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 that's a weekend where you can, you know, celebrate Tupac's murder, uh, the murderer being found again, you know, like then, <laughs> yeah, know, let's do it. We, we got because because there, uh, I, 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 it was a fun first experience going karaoke with you, but the catalog wasn't adequate for our. N- knowledge base. Yeah, you, you know, you, you got You got I can't you, sing Andy Lau songs. I don't know most of the Andy Lau songs. Yeah, you got to. You, you got to do it when when you can see me let fly and we can all just like go in right. And there's a really great karaoke bar there's that a lot I've of been to really in K Town. Yeah, like there's a place on 35th called Radio Star, which mm-hmm. I've been to on my birthday now. I think two or three times, and it's like they have like private rooms and it's cool, but they have a really good public bar area that mm. gets very kind of like. They're very supportive and everything like that, right? So it can get packed on a Friday or Saturday night. So if you're feeling, like, up to it, you can really, like, belt out a song and have a good crowd of people, like, cheering you on. Really? Yeah, absolutely. I don't like, know if I'm at that level yet, though, but I'll, I can build it up a little bit. You know, like Depends I, on the song. You know, I, 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 uh, I've been known to do a very, very good version of Enema by Tor. 
Um, you you got good pipes, by the way. You yeah, sing, yeah, well, I like how you sing, and you, and you are very entertaining with a mic in your hand. Oh, well, thank you very much. Yes. I tried to be. You yes. know what I mean? It's the only it's, it's the only way I can get my uh, performance rocks off these days. Now I'm too old to be in a band. You know what I mean? But. Uh, you know, we should do you that. You could be a Michael McDonald stunt double. Oh, my God, I could, couldn't I? On my own. Wow. That's that audio chocolate yeah, right absolutely. there. Ooh, yeah. Yes, so what else do we have on the trip? So, well, so that was the end of that night. Mm-hmm. You know, safe to say, uh, Cara, the Thursday, George and myself went off to one of the few rooftop bars and had a couple of late-night cocktails, mm-hmm. very fancy ones, really, really nice, called Terrible Baby. Strongly suggested to anyone looking for something outside of the tour when they go. Really great cocktails. Next day was the bar the last was called dip. Terrible Baby. The bar is called Terrible Baby. Yes, yes. It was right opposite where Cara was staying. Uh, very close. I think to we it. went there. I think I went there one yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Really, is it the really one where you got to go through all the weird, windy halls? No, I know that was the one that we all went to. That's the sketchy one uh-huh, that we went yes. to. No, that's the sketchy one. Terrible babies. Yeah, a we nice were in bar. some weird triad dives yeah. while we were over <laughs> yes, there. Yes, we were. Like, yeah, they, you yeah. walk in, everyone turns around, like, what are they doing here? But yeah, yeah like the triad restaurant we went to a yes. few days after this. That was, yes, that was a lot of fun. Was, food, food was good though. Yes. Um, yeah. So um, that was the end of that night. So twenty seventh is the last day. Yes. Right. We didn't actually have anything on the docket other than a big last tour meal for everyone to go. And we went yes. to this great place called Empire Peking Duck. Yeah, right? so great. We went there. We had even gone there earlier, right? Yeah, yes, we, we got there one more time. So, yeah. yeah. So we went there, had a really, really lovely last everyone. Because there were a lot of people that were actually flying out on the day as well. So we had to have it relatively early. Yeah. Um, just had, you know, got a really, really good, nice uh, group photo with everyone. We were yes. going to do it like a, a Kung Fu Corner, but we didn't have time. Right. So we ended That's up That's also why uh, for this trip, um, this coming trip in 2024, I'm going to do the tour starting Sunday. Oh, it's going to go Sunday to Saturday. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That way we can do the Kung Fu Corner thing on the first day. Yes. Yeah. Because that's every Sunday. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I think that would, would, it'll make it also easier to do that walk on Sunday. And Mm -hmm. yeah. So, so the, so the last, so this past tour was basically, it started on Monday and it finished on Sunday. But, but this next one will go from Sunday to Saturday. Yeah. 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 Sunday was kind of a bit of a, a nothing day in terms of like, it was one of the few days where nothing, Really major, well, nothing major happened that I want to talk about on this podcast, to be fair. You can come and talk to me tour, about it. Tour-wise, yes. Tour-wise, yes. yes. You yeah. know what I mean? Don't get us wrong when we say, like, oh, we didn't really do that. Like, the means just that on that day, we just, because it was the last day of the tour, we just had a big group dinner, took or, uh, lunch, yep. and took a big photo and basically said goodbye because people had to leave. Yeah. But that didn't mean that we weren't chock full of stuff, mm-hmm. doing stuff the entire time. Yeah, so we're going to um, gloss over the rest of that day and um, go on to Monday, the 28th. Oh, yes, 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 yeah. Yeah, good to gloss over the rest yes, of that absolutely. Sunday. Right? Yeah, I, I can, I'll go home and think about it later. But <laughs> Think um, about what you did. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> okay, so now we go to Monday. <laughs> Monday, the 28th, the Bruce Lee Club. Yes. Yes. So uh, our good friend W. Wong, who's the head of the Bruce Lee Fan Club in Seattle, the Seattle in Hong Kong. What am I, the Bruce Lee Fan Club in Seattle? <laughs> It's been a long week. Yeah, Sorry. Sorry. Amazing. Yeah, I'm also, so. I'm also, uh, uh, I, no one knows this, but um, I'm, I'm also on the tail end of having a massive ear infection where I had almost no hearing in my left ear for a week. 
<laughs> so, so this is like this is the first day I'm actually doing something where I'm out and about. So if I see loopy stuff, now you mm-hmm. know. No, that's um, fair. Well, you know, if, if you if you get an ear infection that bad, because this is how you you know your ear and the fluids and that's what balances you. So yes. you're obviously completely like I'm completely off balance. Off balance. Yeah. You know Bruce I mean? Lee Club in Seattle. What I love that. Yeah. About? So anyway, the uh, KFG's epic Hong Kong trip to Seattle <laughs> is booking now. Yes. <laughs> so the uh, although if if anyone ever comes to Seattle with me, I can also do a Bruce Lee. <laughs> tour of Seattle, yes, right? I, I lived there for seven years, mm-hmm. so I can take you to like, you know, where his apartment was, where all his schools were, obviously go to his grave and everything like that, mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah. I, I can do the whole Bruce Lee tour of Seattle as well, although not quite as exciting as the one in Hong Kong. Yep. So we went to the Bruce Lee Club, which is now, the Bruce Lee Club used to be in Mongkok. Do you remember that awesome anime mall you went to? Yeah. The Bruce Lee Club used to be in there. They used to have a store in there. Oh, no shit. Yeah. So you, okay. could, you could go in there. But it was very small. Mm-hmm. But you can go in there and buy that stuff. And now they're in... Uh, what was it? Is it Kuantong? Where are they? Yeah, it was, I think it was Kuantong. Yeah, they're, so they're a little bit kind of it's off a, it was the beaten a li- path. A little bit off the beaten path. Yeah, it's on the, it's on the kind of the east side of Kowloon. Yeah. And they're in like a mall. like No, no, not a mall. They're like in a building, like an office industrial building, but on the umpteenth floor or whatever. Yeah. But the place is really solid. It's a really nice place. They have memorabilia, books, all sorts of things. And it's also the meeting place for the Bruce Lee Club. Mm-hmm. We are shooting the, you know, this kind of Yip Man project that I've been working on forever. Uh, hopefully it, it comes to fruition and it becomes something. We have all this footage and hopefully we can put it together and do something with it. Uh, we wanted to get a couple interviews uh, while we were there. Uh, so we interviewed my good friend Wang Kam Leung. Uh, Wang Kamleung, uh, famously uh, one of Wong Sunlung's students, but uh, Wan Sivo also met Yip Man as well, and also met Bruce Lee, which is a topic we can come to a little bit later when we mm-hmm. talk about the dinner we had with him. Yep. Uh, that was a lot of fun, and it was cool to just sit and listen to him discuss uh, Yip Man. So yeah. we, had, we had a bunch of Yip Man based questions for him and also asked him some questions about meeting Bruce Lee on the set of Enter the Dragon because as we know that fuckstick Beardy um, made up that whole story with this is Wan Kam Leung who is uh, punching Bruce and he's dodging the punch uh, and it was like so we asked him like so so what was that all about and then so he basically told the whole story yeah. we have it all on video mm-hmm. and yeah I mean At surprise surprise Beardy's a liar you know yeah. it's just weird that i still like there's still some people who are like well oh, you're just jealous of him what it dude literally makes up stories about bruce lee mm-hmm. uh and and yeah maybe i would love for our podcast and our channel to have the success he has but i would never do it the way he did it yeah you know just like making shit up about bruce lee or whatever it's, it's the expensive stories it? you know yeah. what i mean it's like you can't help if i mean look I don't know. Not that I ever wish anyone any ill, but you know, it's it's like a zero sum game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or like a, sun, a, a sunken cost fallacy, whatever you want to call it, because it's like it's all built on shit. Yes. So at some point, maybe not, but right. at some point, in theory, yeah, it's gonna be like yo. Because yeah, you, but but I, but it's it's kind of weird. There's almost something. Uh, not to get too much into politics, but there's almost something a little Trumpian about it mm-hmm. in that. 
you can be big. Just make shit up and yeah. and like, but say it forcefully. Mm-hmm. You can you can can lie about Bruce Lee, make up stories, but say it with some kind of authority. Do it anonymously or whatever. And there's apparently a huge audience that's just going to go for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's almost like the bigger the lie, the bigger the bullshit, the bigger the bravado. Oh, I am the one who remastered this. Do you know how many people are like, oh, yeah, like a Beardy like remasters. But he didn't do anything. He doesn't have any access to any of this footage. Whatever he has access to is YouTube. It's on yeah. YouTube already. Yeah, absolutely. Like they're pretending like he's somehow, like, the, yo, his contacts in Hong Kong. What he, what, like, Tell me who these people are. I love his contacts in the medical community. They're yes. my favorite. You know yeah, I mean? oh, they're great. He always has these, these names. Contacts yeah. is incredible. Well, let's not we could let's not sink into that particular rabbit hole. Yeah. So so we shot an interview with uh, Wang Kamlang there, and then they also did an interview with me for the documentary. Yeah, uh, which was a lot of fun as well. It was really cool to be there. Mm-hmm. They had they had. So, uh, like I mentioned before, I'm not really the Bruce Lee bobblehead kind of collector guy, but there was some stuff at the Bruce Lee Club. Like they had a Bruce Lee tie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like. I could see myself wearing that. They had a Bruce Lee button-up dress-up shirt with multiple Bruce Lees on it. That's like it's the cool. same Bruce Lee, but he's in a different outfit. It's like yeah. a pattern, and yeah. I was like, I can see myself wearing that. <laughs> uh, I could, I could definitely go for something like that. Yeah, um, there was a ton of cool shit there. I was like, I was like, yeah. and it was like for me, it was. I was also the first time that I got to meet Wan Sifu. Yes, and I was just yes. like, you know, because you know, for all of us, like, you know, you you, you know these guys. You yeah. met them multiple times. I still times. get excited every time. Yeah, I for, all them, for all, all yeah. of us, like us, th- me Thursday, you know, Brendan, we're all just like, kind of like, yeah, we're playing it sort of cool. It, yeah. Or maybe we're not. You can tell yeah. us. That Luckily, there's like an Eng- uh, there's a language barrier. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're all just like, <laughs> so you can't be too awkward. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know what I mean, it's, this is what's well, just great. What what I love about Wan Sifu is. Uh, Obviously, his connection to Wong Sun Leung, uh, you know, one of the most legendary fighters in the whole Yip Man Wing Chun clan. But also, he also had met Yip Man himself. He had also met Bruce Lee. He also has a lot of, obviously, his own experience from teaching. And he's someone who has very deep knowledge of Kung Fu, deep knowledge of Wing Chun, the history, and also the, the Kung Fu scene in Hong Kong in general. So it's just really great to kind of be around him and hear his stories. Yeah, of course. Um, he's, I think right now he's, he's my favorite of all the guys I go to visit. Uh, yeah. He was actually here in New York a few weeks ago. I was, I, I was going to meet with him oh. for lunch, but unfortunately I got uh, food poisoning on that day. It was oh, awful. Boo. Yeah, that was awful. It was awful. Boo. Yeah, it's like any missed opportunity with one yeah. it just feels like such a, oh, such a missed opportunity. Yeah, that sucks. So what if you could transport back in time for a front row seat into the life and legacy of one of the most respected Wing Chun masters in history? Gong Sao Wong, a tribute, direct students on Sifu Wong Sun offers you just that. Through a series of exclusive conversations, 25 direct students share anecdotes, reflections, and personal stories offering in-depth understanding of the man behind the legend. Order your copy today across 12 Amazon marketplaces with free shipping. I absolutely love this book, and I think you'll find it an indispensable part of your collection. I can't recommend recommend it enough get yours today go to amazon type in gong sao wong and there you go so then after the bruce lee club wow we went back to bays for what this must be the fourth time third or fourth time oh is this mars attacks it is yes yes it is so i know we talked about it a little bit before because it was like definitely one of the highlights of the trip but uh it was actually on this day after the tour that we went to go see mars and they they had a full setup at Bay's place because they're shooting, I think, some extras or something like that for mm-hmm. for some DVD uh, 
commentary or something or, yeah. or extras or whatever, right? And it was cool because it was for Project A and another movie. And in, in, in what's great about Mars, as I mentioned before, is unlike some of these old movie guys, and it, Mars was famously a stuntman from the Jackie Chan team, but he was also Jackie Chan's stuntman. He also did a number of stunts for Jackie Chan, including yeah. the famous Clock Tower stunt from Project A and other stunts. Um, and when you see his face and you know those old Jackie Chan movies, you're like, oh, that guy. Yeah, I mean, he's like always in those movies, right? But he, you know, already, he was in Enter the Dragon. He's one of the guys that Bolo kills, you know, the guards that perform their duties, you know. Mm -hmm. What did he say? Disproportionately. What, I don't know. He, he had such funny dialogue in there. That incompetently, yeah, that's how they was it disproportionately. <laughs> they perform their duties disproportionately, right? Uh, so what's great is that he still remembers all the stories, you know? Sometimes you talk to these old Kung Fu movie guys, and you're like, oh, what was it like doing this movie? And he's like, ah, I don't really remember, because he did so many of them. <laughs> like, so it would be like asking us about individual podcast episodes. Like, yeah, of course. Yeah, what, episode 44 was so great, and I'd be like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, did, did we talk about that again? Kung Fu. Yes. <laughs> and and, and, and it's, it's, it's funny, because we get comments like, oh, it would be really great if you could talk about, like, rooftop challenge fights. I'm like, yeah. I did that in season one. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you what episode, though, because I don't I just know we did it in season one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because now we have, we have such kind of a body of, of uh, past episodes. It's very difficult. We need to catalog that shit. Yeah, absolutely. Point. Well, you know, so, you know, we have uh, some really good kind of like, you know, like kind of hardcore fans. At some point, just like all of those nerd cons that, you know, I love so much. You know what I mean? There's going to be people that's going to be able to just document it for us. You know what I mean? Yes. We'll, yes, we'll yes. suck on a panel about our own podcast. Right. But someone else will be able to point it out to it. Yeah. And you know they'll be I mean? able to tell us better than we can. About, yeah, like, you absolutely. Know. <laughs> no, no, actually, that would, Dre was sick that day. It wasn't because of work. It was like, oh, like, okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, the, the Mars bit was great. And then after he recorded the two, I suppose, additional... Uh, features for whatever DVD or whatever. Then we watched the was it the the Tiger and the Lackey or what was the name of the movie? I can they never remember it, but it's like right? it's like some it was like a Spanish name though. That was the funny thing. Oh well, right. they, well, they had the Spanish title on there, but I think yeah. the English title was like the 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 the, 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 the Lackey and the la the Lady and the Lackey or I don't know, yeah. something like that. I don't know. Um, but it was it was his vehicle to become a star mm -hmm. because he was basically known as like, you know, one of the, the Si Heng Dai of the Jackie Chan stunt team. Um, but he didn't, he didn't have his own career. He was always a second fiddle to Jackie Chan or whatever. So some film company, I don't know if it was seasonal or whatever, decided to give him his own movie. He said that he signed, I think a three picture deal, but the movie didn't perform well. So they didn't do the other pictures. <laughs> Just felt so bad because yeah. that was like that was his vehicle. He was yeah. the main star. But the great thing is, we got to watch that movie with him. Yeah, he he said, I think he had not seen that movie in thirty years. Mm -hmm. And it was great to see him sit there and then watch him like it. That thin movie was made either in the late seventies or very early eighties. And it was kind of funny to see him just kind of smiling there watching his old movie. And then he gave us the live commentary. And Sekin, uh, Han from Enter the Dragon, yeah. is in there. He's one of the villains. Who, oddly enough, looks better in that film, even though he's older, yeah, than he than did, he did in, in Enter, Enter the, the Dragon. Dragon. Yeah. And there were a few other people in that film of note, but for, for, they just, for the life of me, I can't remember now. Yeah, but I can't was, remember them, but they're classic like yeah. Hong Kong like, it, character actors. It was, so, it was so great to like... 
see him like when the guy came on, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember this guy. And uh, we brought him on at the last moment. And then he would talk about oh, how would they stage the sequence and how they did that. So he's like, oh, I really got hurt on that take. And like, you know, it's funny. He still remembered all that stuff. And that's what I appreciate him, appreciate about him the most is because, um, like you said, not, not to put too fine a point on it, but like the number of times I've had access to Hong Kong movie stars who did those classic movies. And then you're like, you know, what was this like on Five Deadly Venoms? And they're like, ah, I don't really remember. Mm -hmm. Or you're like, oh, what was it like working with this guy? Ah, which movie was that? You know, and I, I, I even there's a video on YouTube, which is uh, Siva Langting reminiscing about his time as a fight choreographer. And it was shot by uh, Crescent Street Films, uh, who's one of my students at that time. And they shot it here at City Wing Chun many years ago when Siva Langting came here to visit on some one of his seminar tours. And they, they wanted to do a, a short video about his you know, time as a fight choreographer for Shaw Brothers. Because Siva Langting was kind of essentially the guy who who replaced Lao Ka Leung for Chang Che after Lao Ka Leung split from Chang Che. Yeah. And, um, but he didn't, he didn't do that for too long. And I don't think Stephen Langting was very well liked in the movie circle, but for better or worse, he did a bunch of movies and some of them are pretty famous, like five deadly venoms. He came up with the five venom styles with Chang Che over dim sum and Chinatown kid, a bunch of other movies. Yeah. Like he, he said him and Chang Che, they literally, cause they wanted to create when they created the five deadly venoms, they wanted uh, to create characters that did unique kung fu styles that weren't known. They weren't real kung fu styles. They're basically fabricated for the for the film. Yeah. So they you know came up with this idea of the the five venoms, and then each of them would have different characteristics. And he said that like you know they they kind of created the whole thing over lunch. And like even when when they did like the snake style, they didn't want to do the same snake style like Jackie did, and they wanted the centipede to be different. And they wanted like even if they were similar styles in other movies, they wanted it to be different. And yeah. so they, they came up with that stuff over dim sum, basically. Mm -hmm. And when Siva Langting was filming it here, uh, I remember like they had the camera on him, they had all the lights, he was all mic'd up. And then I was off camera telling him what movies he had done. Like, all right, so uh, now you're going to talk about Chinatown Kid or, uh, oh, which one is that? And then we're giving the Chinese title. Uh, yeah, with Fu Sing and, you know, this guy, this guy, this guy. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And then he would, like, talk about that movie. And then, like, oh, and the next one, like, oh, Stranger from Shaolin. Uh, right, right, okay. And then he would talk. Like, I had to remind him and give him, like, a couple little key pointers. And then he was like, oh, right. Yeah. And it's just really funny to think that you can make five movies in your life at some point. And then someone will ask you, and you'll be like, uh, wait, which one, which one was that again? As it, like, for anyone else here in New York who was an actor, those five movies would be the biggest thing of their lives. Yes, absolutely. And for some of these Chinese, from these Chinese guys, uh, they're like, uh, yeah, I don't know, I don't raise really, just a contract job or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, but Mars, contrary to Sifa Langting and some other people that I met, he knows, like, he knows how much he got paid. He knows what the, the, how this guy got hired, why that guy got fired. He can tell you all this stuff. And so it was really great to see that and hang out with him and, and, and listen to that. I took a couple of videos, and that, that was probably one of my favorite uh, parts of the trip. Um, I guess before we wrap up, what else? Did we do anything else, or did we so, end so with we, Mars? No, 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 no. We, we I are mean, actually... for you, because I knew you went to Japan. My, my trip kept going on, but the, my, yeah. my trip is like weird research stuff by myself which i don't think is like yeah, interesting yeah. no for no anyone. no no we 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 are definitely coming to a close oh yes we're very kind of like that but there's like a, just a couple more things that yes. deserve like you know 
honorable mentions. Honorable right? mentions. You know yes. what I mean? So for me personally, I went to Ocean Park to get onto the roller coaster. It was awesome. It was at the top of a mountain and it was a fantastic roller coaster. I can't remember what it was called, but it is, I highly recommend it. However, Ocean Park is kind of for kids. So, like, well, if you're just going for thrill rides, it's kind of a lot of money to go on a roller coaster. Right. Me, I'll pay for that because that's what I do. But yes. I was just like, nerd alert. I was a little disappointed because the, the roller coaster that, that grabbed my attention, um, it's been decommissioned. It's just still there. Oh. So I was going yeah, down there. Yeah, because you could see it from, I remember we saw it driving a Stanley and it was yeah. quite impressive. Yeah, it's like, there was like, like, it was like, had like three loops on it, like, kind of like a little bit kind of, they had that kind of great American scream machine vibe. Like the, you got to make everything American, do you? Well, yeah, try, try to. I mean, I'm a citizen. Yeah, you know what I'm citizen. Saying? Yeah, not you with know, that accent. <laughs> <laughs> we'll prove that. Go blimey, yeah, Governor, don't yeah. get on the head. But um, yeah, no, like, um, so did that. George and I went like that. We came back, and then you and I went and had dinner with Wang Kam Lung. That's right. As did the th- uh, Thursday was there as well. Yeah, so Jose three, came yeah, too. Jose we went to Wang Kam Lung school. Yep. And he was so gracious. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We came in there, we took photos with mm-hmm. his students. I so loved nice. all of that. Like when we yeah. come, like it's like he, we were like, so like we took photos there, then it's a photo with you, and then you're a photo in front of something else. And it's yeah. kind of like this, this sort of kind of this like mutual kung fu school respect of yes. like kind of like yeah. you brought your students, and I'm kind of like, cool, don't actually watch me fight. I've been injured for a while, so I'm not very good. I just, 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 I'm, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like just, yeah, hi, I'm, I'm, you know, all the other seniors have left now. It's just me. <laughs> like, so there's all that. But we went off and had like really nice dim sum. Right. You know, um, you know. Yeah, that was, just, a, that, that was really great. Uh, yeah. I, what I remember, because uh, I've been to one uh, Sivu school a few times, but I never noticed this funny sign that he had on the wall. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the one I'm talking about? Which was like, if anyone comes to challenge him, yes, they need to pay a fee, mm-hmm. and it's like three minutes. They got three minutes. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that I, I actually, I have a. Fo- I think I did manage to sneak a photo of yeah. it. Like it's, it was. We were just like, <laughs> God, I can't remember exactly what the quote. But it was, it was just like, yeah. If like, if anyone wants, um, I'll have to find it. We'll find it for the next podcast. Yes, you know yes, what I mean? yes. So like, yeah, yeah so. that was really cool. And then we we went out and, and we ate with one of his friends. Uh, forget the gentleman's name. I have his card at home. He's like a Goju Ryu Karate black belt, but he's also, I think, a student of Yip Chun, also a Wing Chun guy. And he came, and, and it was fun. What I really enjoyed about that dinner with Wan uh, Sivu is um, I pressed them a little bit about going to Bruce Lee's house, the one there in Kowloon Tong. Mm-hmm. Um, because in, in case you haven't realized, there are not that many people around nowadays that can tell you, like, yeah, I was, I was in the 41 Cumberland Road house while Bruce Lee was living there. Yeah, of course. And Wan Sivu is one of those guys. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to know, you know, obviously we've seen photos of it. We've seen some video footage of it. We knew that Bruce Lee had the Marcy machine there, all that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, there was always the stories about, you know, Bruce bringing people over and coming to his gym and then trying out all these different pieces of equipment. And so we asked Wan Sivu, like, you know, what, what was remarkable about going over to Bruce Lee's place? And the thing that he said and, and, and really struck me as, as interesting was that Bruce Lee, in addition to having all the standard stuff, like heavy bag or speed bag, uh, um, you know, obviously his Marcy machine for lifting weights and stuff, he said that he had all of this specialized equipment, um, which, like... 
he had designed for him, uh, probably some of the stuff from Alan Joe, some of the other guys who made things for him. But he had like all these these like specialty equipment that um, you now see like in MMA, they have some of this stuff and people have developed some of these things. But he had like very rudimentary early versions of these things, like different types of equipment to like improve his reflexes, um, different ways where he had to like react according to like they would have lights. You know, nowadays they have that, they have that pa- punching pad that has lights. Yeah. And then like it goes in a pattern, it's almost like Simon says, mm-hmm. and then you have to go and you have to, you have to see it, and then you have to hit it or maybe a light comes on, you have to hit it or something like that. Right. So he already had rudimentary versions of things like that in his home wow. in Kowloon Tong, so cool. um, as well as just, Specialized punching targets, specialized kicking targets, Mm -hmm. specialized pulleys for improving, you know, tendon ligament strength and different movements and stuff. Um, And he kept what what was great about listening to Wan Sivu talk about it was that while he's like like he's like smiling and he's having such a good time telling this story. Yeah, because just like us and just like fans like he's still really into all this stuff you yeah. know and you sometimes you, you see these old sifus and they're like a little burnt out and trying to tell trying to get a story out of you gotta like drag it out of them and he was like oh yeah i never seen equipment like this before and the other thing he says and i've never seen stuff like that since right he goes the, the different types of trainers he had for his reactions different things that he would listen to to you know for uh you know for improving his reaction time or singling out sounds which uh bolo had talked about uh, before like he was it was very clear that Bruce Lee was a fanatic Mm -hmm. and he wasn't just going to lift weights and hit the bag and do sparring he was like looking for ways to improve specific punches ways of improving uh, his reaction time and his movement this highly specialized equipment that he had made for him in his Kowloon Tong home and I would love to talk to anyone maybe john little knows maybe john little is an inventory of the the things the types of things that bruce lee had yeah because i think that would make a really interesting video to talk Mm -hmm. about what were the custom bits of equipment that bruce lee made for himself to improve those things because now they're definitely modern equivalents you could just go on amazon and buy but at that time martial arts training was not really that innovative. I mean, Bruce was one of the first guys to use focus mitts in martial arts because focus mitts was something just boxers use. Karate guys didn't really use that stuff. Mm -hmm. Martial art guys didn't use that stuff. Coming up with different kick shields, coming up with different types of heavy bags in different shapes and sizes and, and different types of specialized equipment for training the, you know, forearms and stuff like that. He was like, you know, nowadays it's like you have, whether you're talking about Sports or martial arts or uh, weightlifting or whatever. I mean, you have a gadget for everything now. Yeah. But we're talking about 1973. Yeah. And he was definitely, definitely ahead of his time. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay. what else did yeah. we have? So, you know, we can just, just when you think it's over, we went and had dessert with Tommy Lin. That's right, Tommy Lin. So Tommy Lin, old friend of mine, uh, introduced to me by Min Leung, who's, uh, who was actually just here Mm-hmm. Uh, an hour ago. Yep. Um, Tommy's like a huge collector of, well, all sorts of things. Bruce Lee things, movie things, and nerdy things like Predator or whatever. Ooh, yeah. uh, and what's great is that um, Jose, uh, who's also with us, uh, he's a huge Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle nerd. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about that, and Tommy was like, oh, do you like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? 
There, there are four life-size like bronze statues of the Ninja Turtles of each one in this random office building that he used to work at in Tim Sajoy. Yeah. He doesn't work there anymore, that building. <laughs> and this guy, we should go see. Like, he's so crazy. And then we got in a taxi. We went into the building, and then he talked to the security guy, and he was like, oh, I, for, I forgot my keys upstairs in my office. And they just <laughs> let him in. It was like something out of a movie. Like, how do mm-hmm. we get into the building, right? Forget Mission Impossible and all the missions. If you want to get into the most highly secured building in Hong Kong, you need only go with Tommy Lin. Oh, He's yeah. the most personable guy. He just talked to that security guy. I don't think he was even. He didn't work in that building anymore. And he's like, yeah. "Oh, I need to go up to whatever floor to go pick I something he worked up." Worked there for two years at this point. Yes, <laughs> yes. And then we go up there, and then he he remembered the security guard who just let us in there. Like when we were at the floor, and then the guy let us take photos there, and we got our awesome custom photos with the Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. So that was a super cool thing. Um, he also brought us to a dessert place, like yes. a Moon Gay type place where you had a Hong Kong style dessert, which is amazing. Yeah. And he like we'd get something, some sweet and warm or whatever. It was like, oh, this is so good. Okay, order another thing. Get get something. It's like he wouldn't be satisfied unless we had eaten three different desserts. Oh yeah. And he was like, just I'm like, like, I don't really eat this much stuff at all, right? But he's like, no, 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 eat more, eat more. Yeah, we just come from a big dim sum meal as well. Yes, That's the yes, other yes, thing, yes. You know? So, yeah, so that was kind of cool. And then just like the last day, you know, it was, it was a really nice. It built, it to a crescendo. It's just coming down. Mm-hmm. Last day, um, we had dim sum with Sifu Lee. That's right. My Seabach Siva Lee and Tim, mm-hmm. from the but, Leung, formerly from the Leung Ting It's fantastic. Um, I know we mentioned this on the podcast before, but I'm going to mention it again. Mm-hmm. It was hilarious because we were in, we were in Mong Kok, were we? Mong Kok, yeah, yes. We were like, and we were in um, a dim sum place that I would, I guess, you know, describe as local. Extremely local. Extremely yeah. local. Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah, we, we were, were the only whiteies in we there. We were the only white people in there. And yeah. They made us aware that we were the only yeah. white people. Why are you here? Why you come? Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. The food was good. Um, it was kind of good, and also kind of like the restaurant was kind of gross, and that kind of dis- dim sum In kind of old, way. Yeah, it, like yeah. most of the places we went to, pretty modern, pretty ritzy. This was like this was a little on the dankier side. <laughs> Yep. But I mean, the food is great, but it's it's not like it's not like the swanky nice places we were used to. No. So you got that real local experience, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, and then and then after that, we we went to see Lee's gym. Yep. So you got to see your first uh, or second Wing Chun school in Hong Kong after mm-hmm. Wang Kam Leung. So, right? Yep, absolutely. More, uh, fo- we, more photos. Yeah, and that was the first time I had seen that location because he was in Hong Kong before, but he had. D- d- around the time of the virus of the unknown origin, switch locations. Right. So pretty much the same school, a little bit smaller, but um, yeah, all the stuff in there was very familiar, very nice. Um, it, was, it was great to go to see Feliz school and then promptly, and perhaps the, um, the last thing I'll, I'll, I'll leave us with, because after that, we basically just recorded the podcast with yeah, Bay Logan, record, right? Yeah, recorded the podcast. Which has already aired. Yes, yes. absolutely. Met, met the Indian Shaolin monk and... Um, Went to at Lang Kwai Fong one last time, but that was just you and me, and we just hung and out. And we, like, we met of, the owner of Nueva, right? Nueva, yeah. we hung out with Nueva. And them. I think at that point, I had already contracted the virus of unknown origins, yeah, because I was already starting to feel like I had been eaten by buffalo and shit over a cliff. Mm-hmm. And I was all like, oh, I remember I met with Bay on the last day, and just like he he's talking, and I'm just like this, and he's like, are you all right? I'm like, yeah, I'm just really tired from the trip. No, I had no. already at that point definitely yeah. had contracted yeah. the virus. Yep, absolutely. Um, yeah, so when we um, 
I, I think the the last thing I'll leave us with, which is which will be a trivia question. It'll be a KFG trivia question. At some Fantastic. Point. Because Siva Lee, we took some photos with Siva Lee there, right? Mm-hmm. At his gym, and then he he goes to China like the next week, and for whatever reason, the photo of us with Siva Lee gets on a Chinese postage stamp. So apparently, uh, uh, apparently in China, I don't know, uh, you can actually print stamps with personalized photos on there and then they're like they're they can be tendered as proper stamps to to send stuff so there there's a there a, a booklet of stamps out in china not in hong kong in china yeah. which have our faces on them mm-hmm. which is incredible amazing and that's all i gotta say about that all right, everyone. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Kung Fu Genius. As always, don't forget to subscribe to the Kung Fu Genius. Hit that bell for notifications. And if you have any ideas for a future episode, go ahead and put those comments in the comments below. But if you have questions you want to ask us, you got to join Patreon. And as always, I'll see you guys next time. Word is I'm a Kung Fu genius. Technique speaks for me, not lineage. Forget Jet Li, cause I'm the one. Many call me Sifu, but to you I'm Seekung. And I produce masters. You surpassed us. Your Kung Fu stiffer than corpse and caskets. City Wing Chung is the house I built. Violate the gate and your blood gets spilt. Alex Richter, always the victor. It is what it is, all right? Uh-huh. Maybe if you didn't have so much f***ing porn on your phone, we could use your phone for a change. Yeah, no, until I buy a new phone, that's not happening. Yeah, we have to yeah. worry about that soon. Yeah, no. Exciting. What do you have, 24 gigs on that phone? What do you have? <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> do you wind that phone up in the morning? Mm-hmm. There's a floppy disk in there for memory. <laughs> all right, uh, Andrew, you'll notice we're doing one camera shot this time. Uh, it's because dude's got nothing but porn on his phone. So. It's not awkward. It's only awkward because you make it awkward. It's only awkward because he's touching me under this desk. All right, so here we go. <laughs> Funny thing is, my hands are here. What does yeah. that tell you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and my yeah. legs are over here? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, two of them. Sweet. Nice. Boom. Boom. Real nice. Real nice. All right. Lovely stuff. Okay, cool.